my friends in Christ. Business as usual was one of the first thoughts that came to mind when I reflected on today's passage from John's Gospel. In that reading, it looks like the disciples of Jesus were back to business as usual, back to where they had started, to doing what they had done before they had met the charismatic, irresistible rabbi from Nazareth. They were fishermen, and here they were back doing what they knew best, fishing. But the reading from the Acts of the Apostles told quite a different story. It fast-forwarded us in time to the moment when Peter and his companions stood before the high priest who gave them stern warning not to speak any more about this Jesus. And when Peter boldly declared that his obedience was to God and not to human beings, well, this was clearly not business as usual. Business as usual for Peter was talking big, but delivering small. Even though all deny you, I will never deny you. Business as usual for Peter was shamelessly caving in three times when the going got rough, denying that he even knew Jesus. Why the change? We know very well. Peter had encountered the risen Jesus, or better, the risen Jesus had encountered Peter. He had called out to him from the shore of the lake, surprised him and his companions with a huge catch of fish, fed breakfast to him and the others on the shore, questioned him about his love not once but three times, prepared him for what his future would be, and called him once again, as he had so long before, to follow. That marked the end of business as usual for Peter and the others. The encounter with the risen Lord changed everything. So, what about us? In the celebrations of the past few weeks, we have encountered Jesus. There were the powerful celebrations of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter, when we went from upper room to Calvary to basking in the glorious presence of Christ triumphant over death. But that was then. What about now? Are we back to business as usual? Speaking for myself, and maybe for you, I'd have to say that it's not easy to stay on an Easter high. On Easter Sunday, I quoted some words from the 19th century Jesuit poet Gerard Manley Hopkins. Let Christ Easter in us be a dayspring to the dimness of us. Let Christ Easter in us. The poet cleverly turned the Easter noun into a verb, turned it into something, no, turned it into someone dynamic and alive, someone who can transform us, change us from the inside out. But how do we turn Easter into a verb? How do we let Christ Easter in us? Jesus showed us the way in his exchange with Peter in today's gospel reading. Do you love me? Jesus asked Peter three times. And each time when Peter assured him of his love, Jesus showed him that love was not only a verb, but a most challenging verb. Feed my lambs, he said. Tend my flock. 
My friends, that's how Christ Easter's in us. That's how we keep Easter alive, when we love others, love them in practical, down-to-earth, selfless ways. Christ is Eastering in us. And love like this makes Easter last far beyond one day. Now, let me point to a very practical way by which we can all respond to Jesus' invitation to feed his lambs, to tend his flock. I'm talking about stepping up and making a gift to the annual Catholic appeal. I suspect I just caused a little whiplash there. If so, you can file an insurance claim later. But the appeal really is, really is about feeding the flock of Christ. Let me explain. Your support of the annual Catholic appeal feeds the flock by helping our wonderful Catholic schools teach our young people about Jesus while providing them with a first-rate education. And your support covers the considerable cost of preparing men for the priesthood who will one day feed and nourish the flock of Christ. And your support for the appeal helps Catholic community services do their amazing outreach to the poor and immigrants and refugees, providing them with housing, advocacy, and basic human services. And it provides chaplains for our hospitals and prisons around Western Washington. And that's only a tiny sampling of what the annual Catholic appeal makes possible. And all of it, all of it, in one way or another, is feeding the flock of Christ. So, it's a good cause, and a necessary cause, and it's part of what it means to be a disciple, part of what it means to be Catholic. The goal set for our parish by the Archdiocese this year is $378,000. You heard that right. It's actually a little less than last year, so that's good. And our hope is not only to meet that goal, but to surpass it, because, as you know, our parish receives back as a rebate everything that is given over and above the goal. I shared with you this past week in my letter that our plan this year is to use any rebate monies we get to help offset the major costs, and I do mean major, involved in installing a sprinkler system high up in the cathedral's attic. After what happened last month at Notre Dame in Paris, I doubt I have to convince you that this is the responsible thing to do, the only responsible thing to do, and the right time to do it. The total cost of installing a sprinkler system in the cathedral will be in the neighborhood of $350,000. A lot, for sure, but not so much when you consider how much we love this cathedral. I think you will agree that anything that we can do to make it safer and to preserve it for the ages, we ought to do. My friends, if Jesus is truly going to Easter in us, it will only be because we keep finding ways to reach out beyond ourselves generously, to tend the lambs, to feed the flock. Your support of the annual Catholic appeal is one way of doing this, one good way of turning Easter from a noun into a verb.